Ready graphics? Ready theme? Previously on the Murphy Brown Podcast. So I had this like sort of secret, you know, passion for movies and actors and stuff like that. But I didn't really, I didn't let myself think that that was something that I could do. Mm -hmm. It seemed just too far out of reach, but it never left me alone. Uh, Speaking of Miles's relationships, there's a couple guest characters that I would love to talk to you about. Specifically, Mm -hmm. uh, Richard Libertini's and Kelly Bishop's roles as your parents. Mm-hmm. And what was that like meeting the Silverbergs? It was, they were great. And I think that was only one episode, yeah, it was right? Only that one we episode. saw them. Yeah. And I yeah. end up in the jail with them. Yeah. Me thinks my yeah. parents doth protest too much. <laughs> yes. And I, I actually ended up getting to do a play with Richard decades later. Oh, really? So, and oh, it, yeah, unfortunately, he's not yeah. alive anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, these three 1X, uh, Woody Allen. Uh, Elaine oh, that's May right. And... I saw that because oh, that's what Alan, yeah. you were in that with Alan. Alan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I thought, I was like, wait, I think I've seen this. Remind me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Richard mm-hmm. was in the Woody Allen one. Yeah. The mm. wedding, right? Uh-huh. The wedding one? Yes. Yes. The I remember him one. now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he and Kelly Bishop, you know, they were they were terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, love that episode. Was that something that they came to you and said, we're thinking about this as Miles' backstory? Like, did you have a backstory about his parents already that you had to throw out? No, no, you had no. That. And what's great about them is they don't, they don't, and I appreciate this. Mm-hmm. They don't come to you with anything. <laughs> yeah, they don't sit there and go, "We're thinking about doing." You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. just give it to you, mm-hmm. and we, they're so good that you're just like, "Yes," you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like they give you a new map every day, and you can just go along because, yeah. Did you create any backstory though between you and your brother and sort of link that stuff together? Is that not how you work as an actor? Yeah, I don't really work. You don't that do that. Way. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, I don't know. I'm just lazy. <laughs> well, listen, every every actor is different. Yeah. Speaking again about Richard Schiff, mm-hmm. I was just listening to West Wing Weekly, and they said that they uh, Josh Molina said that people come on set, and everyone would talk to people, and it'd be great. He could not talk to anyone. He mm-hmm. would have to be in a corner and be in his process and never be out of it. And some yeah. actors can just walk around, talk to people. Some people do backstory. Some people do objectives. Some people mm-hmm. don't. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. think it's whatever works for you. I was thinking you can combine methods. And make your own method. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's a toolbox. We just, you learn all these different things and you take out what you need for that role. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard a great, uh, did you hear the story about um, uh, Meryl Streep, what she said to Anne Hathaway in Devil's, no. Devil Wears Prada? Oh, I've she heard went, this. She went up, yeah, she went up to her on the first day of shooting and she went, I'm thrilled you got this part. I'm thrilled we're going to be working together mm-hmm. and we won't be speaking again. Yep. Oh, wow. And she just she, like, like got it away. out of the way. Yep. Wow. Yep. And when you think about her character, yeah, it's like, yeah. you have to. She can't, she can't worry about what anybody thinks. Yeah, but I love that she did that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and she can't like Anne Hathaway. <laughs> she cannot like her too much. Otherwise, no. it will show. Right, right. You hear, I, I like that. Yeah, I That's do too. That's classy. I do too, because it, 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 it's got both. Yeah. Yeah. If this is my process, yeah. I understand. Now we're done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, people like Sean Penn and stuff like that, I admire their work so much and I know, you know, they do the method thing and mm-hmm. God bless them. I've just never, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. There's also degrees of it. I mean, because that, having gone to the actor's studio, that was really obviously, you know, what we did. But we'd have teachers who would set people in their place and yeah. and say things like, you know, you're crying in this scene. That's an exercise. Mm-hmm. 
that's not acting. Mm. You're just mm-hmm. doing bar work. Yep. And I loved that, you yep. know. Or we would have people who would punch a wall and go, you know, don't do that. You know. You know. Yeah. I had someone not, you know, it was for a moment I got out of it, but he put his hands on my neck really hard in a scene. And it was too much. Like, don't actually choke me. No. I don't need you to do that. I had that happen one time, Oh, too. did you? Yep. Oh, God. yeah. yeah. It's scary. Guy, guy, guy came up behind me and started <gasps> started choking me. Oh god, yeah. that's scary. Yeah, yeah. I got out of it very quickly, so it before it got scary, me, but it yeah. could have been. Yeah, I flipped out. I lost my my hearing for a couple weeks in my ear because the I and I was too young to know that a slap on stage didn't have to be real, Ugh, and I got boxed oh no. in the ear and because I was <gasps> trusting the performer uh, and right. the and the director that like oh this of course you get slapped for real and i now my my partner is a is a stage combatant and a fight director and so if he hears stories like that he gets very upset absolutely it, none of that should be real we're acting and That's within right. mm-hmm. within the same context i i'm a strong supporter of intimacy direction and the idea that if we're faking everything on stage intimacy should be faked as well and right. that there is as much choreography to intimate moments and safety that needs to be taken into account. And there's a difference between being Meryl Streep and making a a distance from the actor you need to be distanced from and acknowledging that I, I think you're great and now we're done speaking and being Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. You know, there are, there are lines to which yes. we can inhabit. And yes. at the end of the day, we're all professionals and we are doing a job and we're human beings on the planet together so when we get to a mm-hmm. point where we're crossing lines and actually mentally physically harming each other d- yeah that's the line <laughs> and don't you get a sense that that behavior comes from people who are not well yes yes yeah since we are talking about process yeah something that i i've also learned from watching you work and seeing outtakes and things like that is that i love that you will do different takes in different ways mm-hmm. and particularly the episode that you just filmed in the scene you were talking about in phil's the most that i've seen since i've seen all the revival episodes in person you you did one particular dog joke several different ways now is that something that do you remember i'm talking about with your girlfriend oh yes 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 okay. yes yes <laughs> Is that something that, I mean, I'm sure it's a combination of both, though, that you've tried during the week, or do you hold on to things for show night? I think I know what you're referring to. Do you mean when I started crying? Yes, because you didn't do that in the other takes. I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, and nor did I do that all week. Okay. Um, I found, and I've this has been a little bit of an issue for me since we've come back. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm, like, super nervous at the beginning of shows. Okay. Sometimes to the point, it's to the point where I feel like it affects me in the first scene, the second scene, somewhere like halfway through the episode, it starts to wear off a little bit and I start to relax, but I don't like that feeling in the first couple scenes of feeling very shaky or like I don't have my feet underneath me. And I chose to break into crying because in the middle of that speech, because I was playing so scared. Mm. I was just like, it was, it's a long, they're giving me these great like speeches, Mm -hmm. you know, and you kind of have to work your way through them and, and I don't know. I just found myself just like not wanting to mess up, not wanting to mess up. And and then I, I was getting a sense that I wasn't really doing anything with it. I was just going through it okay. and just saying it, but yeah. uh, but I I wasn't making it good. And I don't know why. I, and I didn't mean to do it. And I hadn't planned on doing it. Yeah. But I just decided to do it in that moment. And then I was relaxed after that because it was such a ridiculous... It got a big laugh, too. Well, it was such a ridiculous, like, chance to take, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that it, that it somehow loosened me up. 
Yeah. You know, you know when you do that in class, yep. you know what I mean? Like you when you allow yourself to do something that you're afraid to do or whatever. You just have to go as far as possible and then you can settle back. E- exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm still alive. You know <laughs> I what made I mean? It. This is okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but one of the writers said to me afterwards, he was like, uh, yeah, the crying thing. He's like, <laughs> he goes, yeah, that is, uh, that is interesting. And I'm like, too much? And he goes, a little bit. <laughs> but I think because it was near the end of the take also, it sort of like loosened the audience up a bit as well because it, we had seen the scene a couple of times. And But it, each time you did it, though, it was completely different, I felt. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, speaking of the writers, we... Uh, We've talked to um, several of the actors and several of the writers about the... Did you have any relationships with the writing staff on the original show? Did you did you get to spend much time with them? Did you get to know them? Very much. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we, when we first um, set foot on this new set mm-hmm. and I saw Tom Palmer there, who I hadn't seen in 20 years, mm-hmm. and um, Gary Donzig I've stayed close to over the years, mm-hmm. um... I haven't seen Steve Peterman as much because he lives in L.A. and um, uh, and uh, Russ Woody. Um, like, I'm close to all these guys. And when I saw them, even though I hadn't seen them a, a lot of them for, like, quite a while. And as soon as I saw them, it was, like, falling right back into it. Oh. I love our writers. They're just – they're such great human beings. That's why they're so good. That's why they're so good. They really are. They're awesome. Yeah, I mean, that, that was our first introduction because obviously, you know – Jesse's meeting you now, and I didn't really get to meet you until the show, even before the revival of just emailing with everybody and how open and um, lovely everyone has been to us. It's amazing. It's been very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm sure they appreciate your what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, we're saying nice things that, of course, no, but you know, also you're, but you know, it's it's they didn't it, have to welcome us. As no, much they did as not. Has. Yeah, but your appreciation is, you know, nice. <laughs> you, you know, it's nice when people. Yeah, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. Although Corby told us to to never lie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she said, "Be honest." No, we'll we'll be critical if we need to be. Yeah, we'll oh, appreciate good, it. Good, yeah, good. Yeah. She said Murphy wouldn't forgive you if you weren't yes. if you weren't honest. Did you talk to Corby? Yes. Yes, actually. So we, we may not obviously don't know the story. So Corby is really how we got connected with everybody. Yeah. Was uh, when we first started, we made a spreadsheet of everyone on social media to try to contact to come on the show. And Corby was the only person to answer. But she sent like an apology note, which she didn't have to do. It was like yeah. a private message on Twitter just saying, oh, I have all the, like listing all the things she was doing and how busy she was and how sorry she was. She could have just not answered. Okay. And then she listened to our third episode was the one that she wrote. Mm-hmm. And then she sent another message saying how much she loved it. And now we get an email from her once a week. Yeah. Amazing. You yeah. know how crucial she is to the whole yes. thing. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. 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 And she's crucial to us. Like she, yeah. she vouched for us and got us connected to, to all of you. Uh, Grant, did you ever know the book? Uh, the we call it the Murphy Brown book, but it's called Anatomy of a Sitcom. Did you ever hear about this? Is that book? is that the one <coughs> written by the guys from Richmond, University of Richmond? Maybe they also wrote a book on Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, mm-hmm. We should have brought the. I should have brought the book. I, I went to University of Richmond. Oh, okay. And I had these two yeah. professors. I don't think I actually studied with them when I was there, but they wrote. A book about Murphy. Yeah. It has to be the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we we quote it a lot, and we'll take. Uh, it has a lot of behind the scenes of that first season. Irby Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Yep. yes. So yep. I'm I'm just gonna send you um, a picture from our website via okay. chat later. Oh, that's Steve? of you and Stephen Peterman, and it's the picture that we used for Steve's uh, episode on the 
on the podcast and mm-hmm. it is it's quite precious you are you are little babies but it's it's just really cool to see that because it's not it's not common that the writing team gets to connect with the the actors and so seeing where the ensemble crosses on the show is is just really cool to see as as an artist i'm you know i get together with the writers just for meals um just because we want to mm-hmm. i mean you, you don't usually like want to get together with people outside of work you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i i just yeah these guys are so special they're just all great human beings mm-hmm. yeah we've felt very fortunate to to meet them in the the ways that we have and they all you know swear by corby mm-hmm. you know yeah a little longer than a show oh there it oh, is there it, oh my oh Look my god <laughs> I I look about, I mean seriously, yeah. my nephew looks older than me. <laughs> I look about fifteen. You do. That you is do. crazy. You guys are so little. <laughs> and look at Steve. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's real. It's really that book is really cool. Um, it's is it's out of print, right, Lauren? It is out of print. Yeah, I got it used. The book is the reason I got. I mean, not the reason, but the, one of the main reasons I got super into the show. I don't know if you've listened to our first episode at all, which is fine if you haven't. But um, for me, it was because I was bullied a lot. And I got the show made me laugh. It was something to look forward to. Um, I think now doing the podcast and looking back, I see other things like, oh, it was a strong female character who stood up to bullies. And that probably resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but very shortly after I started watching the show and getting very into it, my mother comes home with this book. I'm also dyslexic, so reading was not necessarily a fun thing for me. And so I learned so much about the behind the scenes and about all the writers and about Diane that that sort of solidified my deep interest. I started a scrapbook (laughs) Um, because of this book. So the book means a lot to me, and I I think it means a lot to us as well. Mm -hmm. But we hear other people, too, online who say, oh, I read this book and I learned so much about the show. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the writers became as much of personalities to me mm-hmm. and us mm-hmm. as you or Candace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very rare. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have someone like Diane because she's she's a, a showrunner like an Aaron Sorkin or someone who is more of a, you know, a personality and a figurehead that is out there more. Right. Interviewing right. and is the symbol of the show. Right. But I knew everybody. Wow. Which is also very overwhelming meeting everyone and going, oh, when I was 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And here's Tom Seeley and here's Ex- Norman Gunsman. Exactly, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so touching that you were, I, 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 you know, I love hearing that when, like, something like a TV show or a book or something yeah. like that, like, really helps people in a way other than just, you know, like you were getting bullied and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, gave I, you a place to go. And, mm-hmm. you know? and, and we've heard a lot of stories like that, yeah. too. So it, it's made us not feel so much alone particularly being so young and watching the show. I was 12 when I started watching it. So it took me from 12 to 21, which is a big, you know, influential part in mm-hmm. anyone's life. Right. And, and your mom obviously knew what the show meant to you, right? That's why yes. she bought the book? Home? Yes, that's okay. why she bought the that's, book. That's, yeah. that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. Actually, I should maybe I realize I left it outside, though. So I remembered this story, and I didn't remember it before, is that... I had a math teacher in high school who t- said that her parents were good friends with your parents. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I'm going to get you an autograph. And I was like, oh, okay. 
So she comes in with this, it was those, uh, you know, those, uh, they were the copies, you know, it wasn't real, it was the ones that the studio sent out, uh-huh, uh-huh, just, uh-huh. you know, and I knew because I had like a couple of them at home, uh-huh. and I had to pretend, uh-huh. oh, thank you, but there was something with it, hold on, I want to get it, because I think your parents wrote it, hold on. Oh my. Sorry. <laughs> I might be wrong. Now I want to know who these people are. I know, you... I can't think of their name, I feel so bad. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> People who are friends with my parents. I bet I'm going to you know, know who they are. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm so embarrassed that I can't remember this teacher's name. So, so this was with it. And the way that it has everyone's nicknames and then randomly says where they live in New York, I wondered, did your parents write that? Did they have a little fan club for you? It's a New York City apartment. So that, so even as, as like, a, I think I was like, 15 or 16 that really stuck out to me was it's it's randomly specific this isn't something my parents would have done okay but this was given to me and i always wondered what this was because it doesn't seem like something that you know warner brothers would write you know what it might be something my father would have written because like you said, it's all the local tie-in yeah, it's all sort of thing, to the, the and, coast. and that that almost seems like something he would do. He would like busy himself doing. You know what I mean? Um, but it was it was it took my attention even back then. I was like, I don't think this is an official thing that I've been handed. Wow, I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, <clears throat> I asked my mother if she remembered the name of this math teacher, and I can't remember her name. One final note: If you saw Dances with Wolves, Bobby Pastorelli plays the wagon driver. <laughs> That yeah. could have been my dad. Yeah, I'll uh, I don't know. I'll put a copy of this on the website for everyone so they can see it. So pretty much, it's it's a, a listing that came with the uh, with the picture of all the actors with their nicknames, not their their actual screen names, for not everyone, but certain people who they played, and then a little section about them. But mostly, it's just where they live in New York City. <laughs> just, no, just little just little fun facts. Yeah, yeah. like here, Jesse. Um, where is my favorite one? That, oh. Um, Bobby Pastorelli from Edison, New Jersey, also has a New York City apartment. Uh, Faith moved to New York City when she was 18. So it's all about New York. <laughs> it's, so, it's so random. Right? It's so random. Yeah. yeah it, so, it, it sure doesn't sound like it's from a PR department. No, not, not at all. Even back then, never. I was like, this is interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where were you living when you uh, I'm from the- Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Okay. So if you, she's taught at Scotch Plains Family High School. Okay, and she knew people who were friends with my parents. She said that her parents were good friends with your parents. Okay, got it. Oh, her parents. Yeah, were. but she was older than you, so I don't. Do you remember her name? I don't, and it's okay. killing me. And That's I, okay. I asked my mom because I thought I, and I feel so bad that I can't remember her name. Well, she obviously took an interest in you. Mm-hmm. She did. I talked about the show. I think a lot. <laughs> and I was you, like, oh, go ahead. Do you think teachers know when like? Kids are getting bullied and stuff like I that. I think I hope they do. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. mom is an educator. They know. Yeah. They know. I mean, even myself as a teaching artist, I when I teach, I immediately know which ones, what the di- those dynamics are because it's you lived it. Yeah. You were kids once. You saw that. You know what those, what that demeanor means. Do you step in? Yes. When I when I have the authority to do so, yes. Yeah. As somebody who was, uh, while I had my group my little island of misfit toys um of you know geeks and band geeks and theater geeks and all that good stuff and D players uh definitely was bullied and sometimes for being that for being the seven-year-old quoting shakespeare 
And I remember the teachers who stood up for me in the either the blatant ways or the the quiet ways. Mm-hmm. And I, those are the those are the reasons I felt empowered to keep doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm. I mean, teachers are just indispensable and under underappreciated, underrepresented in our mm-hmm. culture. And I agree. They are the ones who, more often than not, are the ones who are the turning point for for kids. Yeah. Who believe in them? Who, in spite of a a learning impediment or in spite of a bullying, whatever it is, they're the reason that somebody keeps trying or or stops trying in the negative. Yeah. Well, everybody remembers the teacher that had the biggest impact on their life. Yeah. Everybody everybody remembers that. I wish know. people would remember that more when yeah. they pay them. Yes. Yeah. I would love that. So I would I would love to know what your comedy influences are. Wow. I don't know if I have any. Really? <laughs> yeah. So this is all just drawn from yourself? Which is still pretty great (laughs) yeah like i never studied like jack benny or or, yeah but there wasn't anyone that you admired growing up that that maybe subconsciously took your attention you know it's funny because i i like an i i admired um like al pacino i i like i I, you know i i admired the you know the heavies Mm -hmm. i mean the character actors are always always the best anyway yeah um, yeah, it's embarrassing. I don't think don't I have any comedy influences. I think it's impressive. <laughs> well, also, I, I would I would argue that to do comedy, you have to have a strong sense of the drum, the dramatic. The, the, oh, yeah. Yes. The comedy, comedy comes from really, ble- not because you are doing comedy, but because you are truthfully experiencing this moment. And the humor comes out of the absurdity around that. But within comedy, you are... You, as again, like a villain doesn't think they're being a villain. The person that these things right. are happening to don't think that they're in a comedy in that moment. They're just at a That's very right. heightened state of drama. Yeah. yeah. We, we talk about that a lot um, on the podcast, and particularly with Miles, it, it, you, you are acting from a place of truth, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it funny. Because yeah. you see other actors playing the same sort of, you know, anxiety or, you know, sort of the stereotypical, you know, comedic, but mm-hmm. you're not. And I think that's why Miles stands out. Oh, thank you. The mm-hmm. writing helps as well, but... Right. I, that maybe is then that is your influence for the mm-hmm. comedy is the fact that you are really truthful about it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I I um I do know I can feel it when mm-hmm. I when I do something where I try to try to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can feel it, and it never feels good. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. As opposed to being in the moment. Yeah, and the yeah. audience knows it. But they may not be able to. They do. Know, they yeah. do. Put their finger on it, it, but they know. They know when you come out of it, mm-hmm. and it brings them out of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they know when you're in it, and you can hear a pin drop. Well, that difference between playing the the affect of neuroses, yes, and being mm-hmm. neurotic, yes. yeah. It's yeah. yeah it's a uh, we talk about in uh, in Bartenieff movement principle the idea of working from your core distal that your movements come from that center mm-hmm. rather than just putting them on the ends of your hands. That a gesture comes from your center, mm, a, an yeah. emotion, a movement, an, an act comes from that central place out into your limbs rather than from your fingertips in. That's right. Yeah. No, you can tell when things are surface or when mm-hmm. things are just or, or when things are connected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of our favorite things on the show is all of the guest stars. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you have any favorite guest stars that you worked with? Yeah, boy. Wow. So <laughs> many. Yeah, it's for some for some reason you know popped in my head. Not that we had like some 
like um, all that much to do. But mm. I thought you guys might ask me like, well, who are some of the maybe like Miles love interests or something like that? We would love to talk. Oh, we would love that. to talk but about. No, Miles. I remember. I remember like very early on Terry Hatcher. Yeah, you know yes. what I mean. Like oh, yeah. before she was Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course Jane leaves. Yep. And um, Yardley Smith. Yeah. And um. There was a supermodel in there for for a second, right? Vendela. 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 Was she? I don't think uh, she was. My, was she Miles? Well, he. I think he was pretending to date her. Maybe now that I think about, it. I don't know the later seasons as well yeah. as I know the earlier. It's funny because Chris Rich, who uh, played, uh, love Chris Rich. Yeah, they actually ended up dating from the show. Really? Yes. Oh, really? Oh, little fun fact. Good for him. Yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Got himself a supermodel. Susie Plaxen. Oh, my beloved. Love her. We love her too. Yeah, yeah. You you took her to the inaugural ball. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Very tall. Yes, yes, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good actress. Where is she? Oh, she's everywhere. Fun fact for for Jesse, I'm a massive geek. I work uh Comic Con pretty much every year. Uh huh. I'm actually Star Trek canon. She is. That's um, impressive. One of my friends writes companion novels for Star Trek and wrote me into Star Trek. Um, What's so Star I, Trek canon? What canon. does that mean? Uh, it means canon is anything that is officially on record for the world building. So like in Star Wars, uh, anything that was in the movies, anything that was in the accompanying books that came out later, anything that is officially part of the world that, as it is built, as it keeps getting built, uh-huh. and uh, and not just a, a made-up story that the the audience might want mm. to build but people also will refer to canon like when they say well corky and miles are married that's canon meaning uh-huh. that it was in the official thing Got it. and many people will be very like well i'm very canon and you can't change anything Got it. and but also there were things with like star wars where they had all these books that were written afterwards and because of the new movies now they're no longer officially sanctioned canon so Got now it. people are taking things away well but also some of the things that are in the new movies are from those books some of they the are yes um, so the thing about Susie Plaxon is she is uh, she's a very famous Klingon character because of oh. that that height. She's Worf's love interest and ends up having uh, his child. Oh wow! She's awesome. Wow. <laughs> and no. then I first knew her from Love and War because Diane created Love and War. Right. Right. Well, that's someone actually uh, speaking of love, of love and War. I would love to talk to you about Jay Thomas. Yes. We're we're big mm-hmm. big Jay Thomas fans. Yeah. Here. So am I. I got to. I actually got to know Jay better because we did. Um, we did a play together. Yes, I saw that play. Yeah, mm-hmm. down at the Atlant- uh, mm-hmm. the Atlantic, um, and we shared a. We were right next to each other in the dressing room. We were in a communal dressing room, and I got to know him better actually from that than I did Murphy Brown. Oh, that, well, that makes sense. You're probably spending more time together. Yeah, you're sitting next to yeah. each other every day. And that day. was after, just to remind people who don't know the play, that was after Murphy Brown, correct, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. He's such a uh, such. I hate to say he was such a great yeah. guy. Yeah. It's so hard to talk. Yeah, it's uh, hard to put in words. But no, he's a great guy. Do you have any memories of working with him on the show at all, or working with the play with him? Not, not. I don't think we had. You know, like he and I's relationship on the show. Yeah. I don't think were, was, a cent- was was central. It was all about him and Murphy. Um, you've seen, haven't you, online his Lone Ranger? Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's yeah. like television history. Um, he's just, uh, I'll tell you a funny Jay Thomas story. Please. So we're out on stage. We were about to go out. And he goes, um, I'm going to pretend to go blind in the middle of the scene. <laughs> and I said, 
what? And he goes, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my eyesight in the middle of the scene. I'm going to pretend to go blind. And I go, oh, okay, Jay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're about to, I thought he was just messing with me. Yeah, yeah. And it's this Woody Allen play, and it's, you know, it's heightened. And mm-hmm. at one point, I, I, I find out that Clea Lewis is having an affair with, Clea Lewis, who's my wife, is having an affair with Jay. Mm-hmm. And I kind of excuse myself, and I go off the stage, and I come back with a rifle. <laughs> And then everybody just flips out, and everybody's flipping out, and Jay's in the middle of everybody flipping out, going <laughs> like this, like pretending he can't see <laughs> on stage in front of everybody, like just as an inside joke. <laughs> He's hilarious. He's a goof. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, yeah. everyone's had some really nice things to, to oh, say he's about gr- him. Great guy, great guy. He's a real, he's a real just guy. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Well, when I was a kid, he was he guest starred on everything. Yeah. yeah, he was in everything. And and Jerry Gold is one of my absolute favorite, uh, you know, recurring characters. And so I decided when I was fourteen that I wanted to be the female Jay Thomas because I thought being a professional guest star looked pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, so I told a friend of mine, and she goes, "Well, don't you want to be successful?" Ugh. They don't get it. They didn't get no. it. Yeah, um, Eddie. Who's he on Cheer? Oh, the uh, hockey player? Uh, oh, yeah. Eddie uh, Lebec. Lebec? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I think, I always, actually, that reminds me, I, have to, I should ask Diane this when we have her on. Um, because on Cheers, he's in a penguin outfit. And then eventually on Murphy, he's in a, a, a whale outfit. Okay. I wondered if that was a little wink. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but that's a little off topic. Uh, well, we were wondering about, because Miles does leave, uh, FYI. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did, obviously we now know about the view, but did you have, a an, a, an opinion about what Miles has been doing in the interim? You know what? It's funny. I didn't, mm-hmm. I just, I just waited to see how Diane was going to explain yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, there was sort of no point in me filling that up sure, in my head yeah. when mm-hmm. I didn't know what was, what I was going to get, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the great thing about not being a writer. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? They just tell you what to think. Yeah. You know, they they tell you where you're coming from. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd be curious if uh, you guys hopefully get a second season to see, you know, maybe a little flashback of mm-hmm. yeah. what you guys got there. Because yeah. we've been figuring out based on the references that, that Murphy cannot have been retired from FYI for that long. No. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe a year, maybe, a, maybe nine months, but mm-hmm. it maybe since the election, but... There's been a reference to two years ago exactly. when everyone was together. Yeah. And also the fact that you came, you had to have come back to FYI after leaving to run the news mm-hmm. because you talked about then leaving FYI again to go to the facility. Mm-hmm. See, we think about this stuff too much. Oh, wait a minute. But did, do I say that? In other words, I said... So I, so you left the show. You, you remember when I left the show. Yeah. But you didn't, right. you didn't... I think I went into the facility off of The View. Yeah. I think The View yeah. sent me to the facility. Mm-hmm. But... You're right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> thank you, Grant. <laughs> no, it's that. No, so, you might. You might. No, have picked so here, up something. No, I here's didn't. the thing that we had to retcon a bit. So, yeah. or make it make sense. But it can make sense. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Is that so? Originally, you didn't leave FYI. You left to run the new the network news in New York. Mm-hmm. So there's a job in between that. But all the references say that you went from FYI to, to the, view, the view to the facility. So there's a gap in between. So we assume that you then came back to FYI and then left again. It's the only way it can make sense. 
Yeah, I. I, <laughs> I know you have not thought about no, it. No, no, no. You guys have, have definitely <laughs> given it more thought than I have. Yeah. But no, it's what we do. No, but see, like truly, if I really did think about it, yeah, you do have to account for all those years. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. and maybe people, some people may have forgotten to think that he just left FYI to go to go to the View or mm-hmm. there was doing something in between. But he left to go run the news in New York, which yeah. is how even Corky separated. And right, da, 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 da. right. So, so there, ha- there has to be. There has to be a, a coming back to FYI again. Yep. To then go to the view. And then leaving again. Because the news is never mentioned. Oh, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Because yeah. because I said, you remember when I left FYI. There you go. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But he did, he did, he left FYI to run the, the news in New York. Doesn't seem right that I would go back to FYI after Corky and I blew up, though. Yeah. 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 But that's the only way it would make sense in the dialogue. Okay. Unless this is supporting that there was some reconciliation yeah. that made it very healthy for you two to work together. Unless we're seriously ignoring everything that happened when Diane wasn't on the show. <laughs> which I think Diane is doing. Yes. We're, yes. we're okay with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, um, um, yeah, wow. Um, well, you guys are going to find, I mean, what, what you guys are picking up on and trying to make sense of. Mm-hmm. We catch... Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, no, no, but like, <clears throat> we'll be reading something and I'll be like, you know, is that correct? Because we said before, but, 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 you know, it does not always make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we but it's also been, skate over It's things. also been yeah. so long. Yeah. And certain people, again, didn't write the show then. Exactly. I mean, Aaron Sorkin gets asked a lot, why wasn't he, why won't he come back and do a West Wing revival? Right. Mm-hmm. His big answer for a while was, I don't know where these characters are. I didn't write the show for five years. Yeah, right. exactly. You know. Right. Now he's like, I'm coming up with an idea. I just have to come up with the idea because I'm sure he's getting a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, how do you account for all that? You you didn't write it. And, yeah. And it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't your idea. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're having to sort of make something work that didn't come from you Mm -hmm, in -hmm. a way that's your foundation so i could see why people wouldn't want to do that yeah and i can see why diane would be like you know these stuff they put into the foundation that's not going to be in my foundation because i don't want that in my foundation it's also too much work to have to research it yeah or account for it or account for it like miles and corky being married Uh yeah but series have that all the time and something we do talk about is that the series in general doesn't have a lot of them even the revival doesn't yeah and all of them can you can make them make sense you can right um the biggest one for people is corky and miles but other than that it's they're really good Mm -hmm. with fixing stuff or, or remembering things one thing that really took my attention is they remembered that uh miles likes to say a lot of spanish yes he does did you not know that? No. <laughs> so, actually, Jesse, I think, is an expert on this. You, you talk about it. Oh, it's one of my favorite things, that when uh, when Miles is compensating for an insecurity, especially in these first couple seasons, he he gets this, like, bro walk that happens, and random Spanish pops out. So, like, with John Tenney and Brother Silverberg, he's like, I made a reservation for cuatro. Oh, <laughs> and it's just always this random Spanglish that comes out when he's like trying to like. I always imagine it's yeah. like in his head. There's like finger guns, right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. So totally. you, when you're talking to Pat about going to the, the Jim's award show, mm-hmm. Cab- Cab- oh, I can't even say it. Caballeros. I can't. Oh, Caballeros. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's little small things like that that mean a lot to us. Yeah, it's you know it's uh, it's the character because it is that person you know who does that. Well, yeah, and here you guys describe it. It, it is. Great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I have a, I have a thing. It is not a Murphy Brown thing, um, but it is 
fans, uh, listeners of the pod will know that there is another great love of my life that started in the 80s um, that you happen to be on called Murder, She Wrote. Yes. So I actually, so one of my gifts to myself when I got into grad school was I finally bought the full series of Murder, She Wrote. So it just is the thing that plays around. I, I know it by heart. I love this show. A lot of people who are on Murphy Brown also went on Murder, She Wrote. Um, a couple of things that I am fascinated by, I actually just happened upon your episode in season seven. Wow. Um, and Washington got really excited because I was going to go look for it and it, it was just on my rotation. And one of the things I find interesting, this happened concurrently with Murphy. Right. This episode came out in 91. So I want to ask you about doing a, that role during your run of Murphy. But also you play a, a ventriloquist. Did you have a conversation with Candace about that? I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. Again, my lack of homework is showing. Um, <laughs> my lack of attention to detail. I don't think I did. She might not have even known I did the episode. Yeah. That's that is um, sort of a direct. I don't want to say rip off, but mm-hmm. like, did you ever see Magic, the Anthony uh, Hopkins? No, but I know of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And that Murder She Wrote episode is basically Magic in a one hour. Yep. You know, Murder She Wrote. But I, I actually that was that was fun to play mm-hmm. that was you know that was that was a f- fun character to play he was great i was uh woody was yes Elwood, oh woody. my god um yes. it's it's really it's also one of those interesting episodes on murder show where there was a there was a slight time on that show where they did bookend episodes where right. jessica fletcher was just at the beginning and the end of the episode and it would that's be a right. story about someone else that's right and so you got to act with one of my favorite guest stars of murder she wrote which was the actor playing dennis stanton the uh, the wily British jewels thief, and it's really cool to see you two work together. It's very two very specific types of characters, just chewing that scenery. It is amazing. He, uh, that's right. He, it's like having a guest host, right? Yeah, exactly. He he was like Angela, whatever takes time off or whatever, yep. and just I like Johnny remember. Carson does, and I they have an actor this. come in and sort of like. Oh, uh, and you're in his last episode, actually, his last bookend episode. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it's a uh, I. I follow this really hilarious blog called Murder She Blogged, and she recaps all of them, and then does like captions on the pictures. And uh, we're there's just hearts all over his face because it. While the bookend episodes were frustrating for viewers because they just want to watch Angela Lansbury be Angela Lansbury, right. there's something so great about that character and the hijinks he can get into, and the dynamic between you and him is absolutely delightful. Because oh, Woody. <laughs> oh yes, I just remember him being very debonair. Oh, he very is. Nice, very nice man. That mustache, that accent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, you got to be born with that. Yeah, but I, I did see that we had some uh, some Twitter followers who were wondering about the, the ventriloquist. Yes, they asked about that. We asked if anyone had any questions, and one of the questions was about that episode. Oh, mm-hmm. you're kidding. Yeah. About Woody? Yeah, yeah. Murder, Short has a big following. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's awesome. I, I, mean, I guess that doesn't shock me. That ran a long time. It, it did. did, yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. I don't remember this, but I watched it when I was very young, Murder, mm-hmm. She Wrote. How long did it go, Jesse? Um, it ran for, what, 11 seasons? Do you just look at your, your DVDs? I was like, I, I <laughs> just like looking over great. across the way at my box set. I believe it was 11 seasons. That sounds about right. That's one of the great things about sometimes, like when you're on a series, you get opportunities to guest on other mm-hmm. series like um, Drew Carey and I did a Lois and Clark. And yeah. I um, uh, forget a couple other things that I'm spacing on. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, 
you get the opportunities to do those. Since it was CBS, did they come to you, or it was just something that came through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they kind of, they just offer to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned um, some of the guest stars, um, and you worked the most recurring with, with Jane Leaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you like to speak about working with her? Well, you know, we actually were... Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Um, uh, so it was, uh, I mean, she's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I wasn't, I actually went to the, taping of the pilot for Frasier. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, could pretty much tell then that this was going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, Jane kind of hit the ground running from the time she got to this country. Yeah, she, was she on did. Throb. Yeah, we remember right Throb. Away. And here's, yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but Joe and Barnett both directed an episode of Throb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like this connection. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people worked on Throb. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, she was in To Live and Die in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the, I didn't realize the, that. I know the William Friedkin yeah, movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but... Yep. And, she was in um, Murder, She Wrote. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know, because we actually went to... There was, like, some, you know, 25th anniversary oh, really? party, mm-hmm. Murder, She Wrote party, and we went together because we had both been on it. Um, <laughs> or actually... <laughs> I might not have been on it at the time. Yeah. Maybe we went because she had been on it. Oh, okay. And then Seinfeld and, Mm -hmm. you you know, yeah. I mean, it was a matter of time. Yeah. She's she's fantastic. Now, we've heard both stories. Were you guys dating before she was on the show? We were. Okay. And Diane, Diane, uh, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, she might have asked me, we're interested in bringing Jane on. Would you mm-hmm. be all right with that? Mm-hmm. And and you know, what am I gonna say? <laughs> yeah, don't hire my girlfriend. You yeah, know that's, what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's not a good one. Uh, uh, no, uh, yeah. So I was like, of course, because that's what I thought. And then Barnett thought it was after, and then I thought, well, he would maybe know more than I would. Yeah. So yeah. no, it was because yeah. she was roommates with Faith, right? Yes, that's how we met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she and Faith were roommates. It's weird. It's you know, <laughs> it's the smallest smallest world. It's like what you say when everybody's like starting out. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what another reason I wasn't surprised when Jake's girlfriend played his girlfriend Lauren yes, on the show. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's a thing. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Annalise, she's so good. She's she's yeah. a doll. Yeah. yeah. She's just. Good. And I'm fine with anyone named Lauren. Right. Know? Yes. I'm canon now. I could see how you are. You're canon. You're canon. <laughs> We've talked on the show about the episode when Miles thinks that he's gay. Oh, yes. Remember that one? Oh, very yes. well. Okay. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about sort of working on that one since it was taboo for the time yeah. in the process? You know, it's funny because Gary Donzig, um, before Ellen ever mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. you know, and that groundbreaking particular episode, I think he very much wanted to have somebody on a sitcom be yeah. openly gay, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Uh, which wasn't going to happen with Miles or any any of the established char- characters on Murphy Brown, but I think this was as close as he could, you know, sort of yeah. get to at least even broaching the subject, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it was just so brilliantly done, you know, that Miles would have this homoerotic dream and what does that mean? And y- y- you know, mm-hmm. and it, it was just so, and it it was just so funnily written. And I I actually. I remember this specifically. I had a little bit of a meltdown during the taping of that because I was, I felt like doing very well with it all week. Mm -hmm. And then we were, we were in a scene and I like bobbled the line or I went up or something like that. And I started to go up more and just nerves. And it's sort of like, I started, sort of started circling the drain. And, and, um, I remember that being so horrifying at the time because the episode meant so much to me. You know what I mean? I really wanted to do well 
for them. You know, mm-hmm. and me, of course. But, you know, like, I was like, this is an important episode. I really want to do this well. And then when I felt like I wasn't doing it well, that was, like, really hard. It turned out fine. Yeah, it's but, great. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, that was kind of like a groundbreaking episode without people talking about it being a groundbreaking episode. Because it was kind of before the topic was mentioned anywhere Yeah, else. and Steve talked about that they, they moved it to Wednesday and made yeah. up some reason why it was going to be on a Wednesday instead of the yep. usual Monday time slot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a different I had time. not remembered that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, different time. Yeah. Different and time. Very different time. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think sometimes we forget. Well, you know, just last Thursday, we pretty much had the first hot gay kiss. Yeah, ever, it was ever. Awesome. Look how far we've come. I, I think pretty much. Yeah. You ever, think ever? Ever on any sitcom? Well, I guess I'm not talking about like the L word. You mean like a makeout? Like that, but like a yeah. network? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Like I don't think I, I. I mean, was that ever done on Will and Grace? I don't think so. I don't know. Mm. I feel like yeah. I mean, there's there's the famous episode where. Uh, Will kisses uh, Jack, but it's just like it's not a makeout. It's not no one's moving. It's mm-hmm. not passionate. It's just like a, a plant on the lips, mm-hmm. and that was like a big deal. And he does it just like he does it on the Today Show is to to prove a point. But yeah, that's a good. I don't know as opposed to cable. We should find that out. Yeah, I would. I would definitely pull some of my my friends in the queer community to find out if they would. They would definitely know those moments that represented them. Um, and I, I I'll ask some of them. Find out what they. Especially because I, I mean, I remember Ellen's episode. I remember this episode because I was, I was raised in a family where there were plenty of uh, queer friends of my parents. So I, it was not taboo to me, but I grew up in an area of the world where it was very taboo. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember this episode and being confused about why it made people uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love to talk to some people who grew up remembering that episode and what that meant to them. Um, because we we've heard a little bit about like Lauren was saying about how it had to be moved and like the effort it takes to be able to write that kind of representation. Uh, no. And for me, I always had my cousin and his boyfriend in our lives and it was pretty much like his husband. Mm-hmm. And so I it didn't even register with me at all of being anything odd to watch or that it was on a Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. which is why I think representation like this is just so important because yep. And that's what Ellen did. You know, she opened up the door and then that's why Will and Grace happened. And then, you know, people become more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, I guess, but comfortable mm-hmm. because they see that everyone is just all the same. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's just so important. Well, it it removes them from being an other. Yeah, there you go. Like they're no longer othered. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw this interview with, is it Jill Sockaway? Is that how he's... So, who uh, oh, transparent yes i think that's how oh. you say it yeah yeah she but i i love what she said she's like i don't want to she's like i don't go on twitter because i'm just gonna basically be preaching to the converted mm-hmm. i'm basically yeah. just you know anything i say on twitter the people who agree with me are going to agree with me the people who disagree are gonna, you know what i mean she goes mm-hmm. it's the th- same thing just going round and round she said but if i can create a character that everybody Mm-hmm. identifies with yeah. or has yeah. empathy for everything she goes that's going to go way further yes than <clears throat> expressing my views on twitter mm-hmm. it's very different and people don't like to be yelled at no exactly they shut down and they stop listening absolutely yep. there was someone on twitter actually said that her sister who has always voted republican and was going to stay home 
after watching uh, your election episode, decided to vote and to vote mm-hmm. blue. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Why did she decide to vote blue off of the episode? Particularly, I mean, it was a reference to the hashtag was elections have consequences. Oh, right. So it wasn't yes. specific. You know, when, we, when I turn my phone on, I'll show you the tweet. But it, mm-hmm. so I don't, they didn't say specifically what it was for, but she said because of this episode, she spoke to her sister. Right. She decided to, instead of not voting, that she would vote and she would blow, vote blue across the ticket. Well, Whereas if maybe someone had just mm-hmm. sort of preached to her or right. yelled yes. at her, she wouldn't have listened. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's one of the things about that episode that stood out to me is the fact that it was the ending did not skew the result. The ending yes. left it. It was election that elections matter. Not that if you blow, vote the way we want you to, that's what matters. Yeah. And that right. kind of openness to show up and be use your voice. Right. What is far more encouraging than only show up if you're going to vote the way I want you to. Right. Yeah. Yes. Has there been any moments so far in um, the revival that have been your favorite to play? Um, uh, five foot seven Jew with small calves and colitis was right up there. It's a, it's a killer line. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. far my favorite line. Yeah, I think the delivery also helps. Much, excuse me. All I had to do was say it, pretty much, and, and it, it got a very good reaction. Um, oh, I it was fun. Oh, my favorite stuff is when we're all bouncing off of each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, um, you know, when we were all in the van and she was dressed up as Cosette <laughs> yeah. and we're screaming at her. And, you know, I, I just love, or at the uh, award ceremony when we all have our little things yeah. to do. And mm-hmm. um, that's my favorite stuff is when we're all bouncing off of each other. I think that's what's been great about this season is that there really hasn't been a lot of episodes. I think the one coming up on Thursday is very quirky you know oriented but mostly it's been about everyone it's yeah. been about the ensemble which yeah. has been great yeah oh yeah oh my goodness look how long we've been talking exactly that's crazy so before we thing. go though yeah um i don't know if you realize this but on the cbs website is uh <laughs> a what character are you and we had gene and skander take the test right and we were wondering if you would take it sure yes. great okay we're very intrigued by this so also um, for your reference when we took the test, Lauren was Frank, and uh-huh. I am Murphy. Uh huh. And then when Gina and Skander took it, Gina is Murphy, and Skander is Frank. Oh, get out! Yeah, so we're we're very intrigued to see what hap- what happens with you. All right, that'd be weird if I'm somebody other than Miles, <laughs> right? Well, here's a question though. I know that the on the there was a little Twitter thing that said, you know, what what about your character? What about you? Do you think people will be surprised about? And you said that you're not that you know, neurotic. Mm-hmm. What do you feel that you're similar to Miles and what are you not similar to Miles? Um, I mean, I, <clears throat> I do think I'm similar to Miles in that I have anxiety about, you know, I can get myself anxious, mm-hmm. but I think we all can, right? Yeah. If we'd like think about certain stuff or, um, I don't think I act out the way he does, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, I would say I want to uh you know I want to do a good job like he does. I would say that's a that's a simple That's probably right. best. Oh okay, so here we go. Take the test. Oh wait, I'm going to I'm going to tell you. So, who do you think you'd be? Who am I, Corky? No, no, no. No, I just want, I want okay. So, I want I want you to guess first and I'm going to show it to you and get your reaction. Uh, who do I think I'd be? Not Murphy, not Frank. 
<laughs> Corky. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's Frank. Huh. It... <laughs> is, there so, is this some algorithm or something? We like don't that? know. Um, but Gina and Skander felt that it was pretty right on for them. But I totally you know, see that. The game is not God. Okay. Um, you can complain to CBS. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah, you call them. Um, <coughs> but it says, you are Frank. Like Frank, you are curious, adventurous, and like to be in the thick of things. Mm. That's, I, I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So far, no one who has taken it, including ourselves, has gone to anyone but Murphy and Frank. So we wonder who else is in Seems the a system. little skewed. Seems a little skewed. Right, right. Um, but we'll see. We'll continue right. to have people take it. Right. Is, uh, is there anything that you can think yeah. of that you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered? I know. I don't think so. It's my pleasure, you guys. You guys are a pleasure. Aww, thank you very so much. You. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's so cool being able to talk to you. Like, it's truly. my pleasure, you guys. You guys are a pleasure. Aww, thank you very so much. You. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Seriously. We're, we're so excited. And I, I truly am not just uh, blowing smoke when I say that the seeing Miles all grown up and seeing what has happened to him is one of the true joys of the revival for me, is getting to see where my, Miles has gone. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, like right in the middle of us shooting, I had, you know, these viruses that are going around? Yeah. yeah. And and like you get a cough for like six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I had that and you just don't like feel like yourself, you know, like. So it was really disconcerting mm-hmm. to like not be feeling well for like six weeks of the. Oh man, you know, that's like long. Shooting, it was long. And now I got something else. This isn't a virus I can tell. It's more of like a cold kind of a thing. We've been so looking forward to talking with you, and I mean, you whether you knew it or not, you've been in our lives since we were very young, and it's just a, it's a real pleasure to get to talk to you. All mine. Seriously. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in for the second part of our interview with Grant Shaw. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's the third one, at Murphy Brown Pod. And our website is murphybrownpod.com. If you'd like to help out the podcast, we have two ways that you can do that. You can donate on our Patreon, which has different levels. You can find that link on our FAQ on our website. Each level has different cool things that come with it, stickers, special content. There will definitely be outtakes from this episode on the Patreon. And then every month at the level that you're at, you will be contributing to us being able to literally put on the podcast for you. Or if you're like, you know what, I just want to give you one lump sum you can actually uh, go on our website and you can donate through PayPal. There's a d- under the donate button. You can send mm-hmm. money to our email at murphybrownpod at gmail.com. Or you can send your thoughts to murphybrownpod at gmail.com. Or if you just want to support the podcast in a free way, we still encourage that as well. You can go on iTunes and leave us a review to help promote the podcast and put it out there for more people. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next edition of FYI the Murphy Brown Podcast.